This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Kermatekwane to all people who speak Venda since our president is Venda, so we might as well learn this Absolutely, language. yeah. I'm going to say goodbye to San Vodani. <laughs> you better. <laughs> Jump ship right now. <laughs> cool, Lions. Uh, today we're talking about Debt, the debt crisis, and, and most South Africans have returned from their summer vacation now, as we all know, mm-hmm. to face racked up debts and credit cards that are maxed out, and now the household accounts are piling up. I'm worried, Gary. Um, I know you, you went on holiday, so I'm not quite sure where you are this <laughs> but way. But this doesn't, doesn't attach to you, because you've got old money. Yeah, you have got nothing It's old money because I'm old, right? No. <laughs> Generational wealth. That's anyway, what you're talking about. Lads, it's not about me. It's about uh, people that have to pay their school fees and their mm-hmm. cars and their bond payments. It's worry, worry, worry. Some South Africans have sadly reached Rock bottom. That's you know who that is? It's DJ. It's Eminem, Eminem, Rock Bottom. Yeah, yeah but you, you, you're yeah. like the DJ here. You yeah, know, you right. come up with the songs all the time. You know what? It, you, you're it, dope, dude. It 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 kind of gives it a bit of love. You're dope. That's all I can say. You're dope, dude. <laughs> cool lines. Uh, so today's about those over indebted and flat broke, uh, rock bottom South Africans who need help and they need it real fast. Yeah. Our guest today is a man who knows just how South Africans are struggling to manage their finances. Mm. In fact, our guest is the recipient of an award for his major contribution to the debt review industry. He's a director of Octogen, and his name is Paul Slot. Welcome to you, Paul. Good morning. Good to have you in studio. Paul's one of the big names in this industry. Yeah. It's an honor to have him here. It really is, Lance. Um, may I mention, I think that you too, in your own capacity, are a debt counselor. Am I yes. right, Lance? Yes. Yeah? Cool. yeah. That's what I do now and then on different platforms where we talk about the relationship of money and how you to relate with money and what money means to people. So, yeah. Okay, good. That's something we'll play, I'm very we'll, passionate about. We'll play a, play a big role today in this discussion. Okay. Let's give out our email address uh, for those who want to write to us. It's law at cliffcentral.com. Line, do you want to give the Twitter handle? At Hetzlaw, uh, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. And uh, Facebook yeah, page, uh, you'll do the... Yeah, it's honors. the Laws of Life, the Facebook page. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, because there's another Laws of Life somewhere else in the world. Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. And then uh, also our collaborative partner today is Legal Talk South Africa with 158,000 members and they have posted a lot on this. Yeah. So we're going to pick up a whole lot of their questions. We're going to answer them in detail with Paul and yourself and uh, we'll give the 
public what they want. The relationship, I must say, Gary, as always, it's constantly growing. And thanks to them and thanks to the podcasters who actually support this initiative, because without their support, this wouldn't have been possible. And kudos to everybody who actually is involved in this platform. Yeah, I know that Legal Talk is sending out an um, email newsletter now as well, so they're encouraging their members, and they're going to put our podcast on their newsletter as well. Oh, our podcast great. is pinned right now on their Facebook page, so uh, we are getting a lot of listenership from there. Ah, oh, that's great. Cool. Paul Slot, I've read, I think it was the other, or recently, that 16,000 South Africans are signing up per month for debt review. What's going on out there right now? Yeah, six, about 16,000 is signing up every month and they collectively pay about 900 million back per month to credit providers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of consumers who pay back a lot of money, but I think you need to take it one step Outside of the 16,000 Is that there's about um, 10 million people who are on arrears At this point in time And they have some sort of cash flow problem And and you have to actually say What is going on there And that's the basis of your question To say um, why are they in arrears And the uh, the simple truth is that uh, It starts with a position Where my cash flow is negative I have no enough, I don't have enough cash flow. And then you ask, why is that? What has happened to actually my cash flow where my cash flow is not in a position where I can pay uh, everybody, including my food and whatever I need on a daily basis? And you have to take that back to the individual to say, how do they spend their money? Um, I want to want, want to go one step back, which is can we teach people to budget? My answer to that is no, we can't. Because it's like going on diet, you do it for three weeks, and then you actually give it up to say it's a bad job. So mm-hmm. but, so we can't teach people how to budget, but we can teach people how to spend. And we have a simple philosophy which we, we start always to say, let's take your take-home pay, your net pay. And say, how should an ideal consumer look? And we always say that after your take-home pay, 35% should be spent on household items, 25% on risk services, your insurance, assurance, saving for retirement, and about 35% for for debt repayments, monthly debt repayments. If, you, if you're more or less in line with that, you're healthy. You don't need anybody's help. Mm-hmm. The problem at the moment is in Africa is that um, people, consumers spend about 34% on household expenditure, 11 12% on risk services, and on average about 54 to 64% of the income on debt repayments. That's where the problem lies. Now I have to pay 64% of my income on debt. Uh, there's a financial crisis. Um, I have to pay school fees or whatever the case may be. I simply don't have that cash. Yes. And and then, then what happens to the consumer at that point in time, the only answer they know is let's borrow more. And they actually go to the uh, credit providers, they apply for, for money, and 50% of the approval of the applications are approved. And now that 64% becomes 66% or 68%, next month they're in a worse position. That's mm-hmm. where we are. Yeah, so the, the answer is don't borrow more money when, you, when you're running into trouble. That's the worst answer, isn't it? That's the worst possible thing that you can do. Now, normally a consumer is the first to know that they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But the last one to take action. So if there's one message today to say that understand when you're in trouble and know what to do. And we'll spend a little bit of time on that today. Okay, so Paul, 
Is there anyone, I mean, your company, do you help people, forget about debt review for a moment, do you help people on uh, how to analyze their financial position? If you don't know your spending, you can't manage your your spending. So we help people to 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 analyze how they spend money, and we have national norms. Um, um, for instance, just to give you an example, the average person spends about six percent, five six percent on the entertainment. They spend about twenty percent on buying groceries. They're spending about five percent on paying a cell phone. Um, um, and, and, and so if you analyze it and you say, but let's use the grocery example. If you spend more than 20% of your income on groceries, you ask how the norm. So if I tell you that you're spending more than the norm, let's say 25%, we say you can easily cut back by 5%. And that's 5% you can actually use to start reducing your debt. So, mm-hmm. and if you understand your spending patterns, you can start to manage it. Lan, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, no, true. Uh, but just to add to that, and I think in most cases, it's also the lack of education in terms of people who grew up in, an, in a position where they were never actually taught how to relate with money and what money means to them. So as a result, when people start growing, they tend to start acquiring money, but they've got a bad relationship with it. Which then tends to uh, become a more of a vicious cycle, especially when they start having more responsibilities in terms of actually paying school fees and now starting having a, a real family. So those are just some of the things that I think people need to be conscious of because uh, without really having to understand or analyzing self-behavior, then one cannot actually uh, identify the real problem uh, in terms of how you relate or spend your money. How many of the people that, that go under debt review are people that have lost jobs? I mean, it's a, I don't know whether you know these stats. Yeah, so people that, you know, that get into genuine difficulty. The, the uh, debt review will only work if you have income. So the amount of people that apply for debt review without a job is minimal. Yeah. Um, so the people under debt review have a job, and that's the last result. But let's go back to say that, that if, uh, if you take an average consumer, the 10 million that I mentioned earlier, about 70, 80% can help themselves. They don't need to go in the de- under debt review, only if they take action. Okay, so the people that have just come back from holiday that have accounts piling up, their credit cards are maxed out, they're in trouble, they're getting called by debt collectors, the sheriff could be knocking at their door, what should they do right now? I think the first point is to establish where in the process am I. Um, is this my first unpaid or are there several unpaid? If it's my first unpaid, there's hope for you because you can actually start to understand your spending and you can do something about it. If you've received a Section 129 notice or a letter of demand, mm-hmm. then you're almost down the cliff and, and, and you should actually knock on the door for, for help for debt review immediately because then you only have a very short space of time to, to be helped. So it's and the first First step is to understand where am I? Am I a first time unpayer or am I, have I done this a couple of times? If you've done it a couple of times, then, then you probably won't get debt um, because nobody will approve your debt. And at that point in time, it's the right time to actually say, I need professional help. Do people neglect their financial position? Is it a case of, I can't pay, so let me just leave it and hope for the best? What, what, what should people do about it? I think the, the natural reaction of people is that is, a, is always a hope that next month will be better. So mm. let me just borrow a little bit more. Next month will sort out, uh, will, will look after mm. himself. So it, it's a failure to understand that I'm in trouble and, and, and they will actually keep on borrowing money until the last credit provider has said no more. Yeah. Um, so, so we have to turn that around to say you as individual need to understand when enough is enough. How do creditors Deal with people who 
knock on the door apologetically and say, look, I'm in financial difficulty. I need time. A lot of the credit providers will help you. Um, especially if there's a, a, a home or a vehicle involved, they might help you to an extent. But I think the biggest mistake that consumers make is that instead of paying something or 80% or 90% of the installment, they pay nothing. Mm-hmm. So now the goodwill is not there. So if you actually up to date and you actually go to the credit provider and say, I'm in financial problems, um, can I actually renegotiate? They'll probably listen to you. If you haven't paid for three months, the likelihood of them accepting that negotiation is, is, is has been reduced substantially. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, when they come to you for debt review or debt counseling, it's the same thing, isn't it? The word debt counseling, debt review is exactly, exactly the, same. the same. Yeah. When they come to you for debt review, Basically, what you're doing is making arrangements with the creditors, which is something they could have done before they came to you. Is that, is that what we're really saying? Yeah, if, if um, um, yeah, they could have done it, but mm. they could maybe a lot, something different. The, the average person in South Africa is between three and four credit agreements. When they end up in debt review, they have on average about 10 to 13 credit agreements. What kind of credit agreements are given? Where do you get 10 to 13 for the average person? Um, personal loans is the top of the list. Mm. Um, they go to every cre- a single Health bank. Skitter in town, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 um, 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 so, and clothing accounts and, um, uh, personal accounts, overdrafts, and to less extent, bonds and vehicles and so on. So, it's a really cash flow. Because mm. if you ask them, what have you done with the money? They'll say, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, in most cases. Are people, do you think South Africans are squandering their money more than they should? Or are they just overspending? What, what, what's going wrong? It starts with overspending. It starts to actually spending, um, um, uh, yeah, you can spend yourself, um, in, in trouble, but you can also spend yourself out of trouble. The difference between the two, two is that the first one is irresponsible spending and the second one is responsible spending. And many consumers actually, um, spend responsibly and they are okay. There are 24, 14 million people who, uh, consumers who are okay across the board, different income levels. Mm. But there's, there's 10 million people where they simply, uh, overspend themselves Two things They overspend in terms of debt And they don't cover all their risks So if you don't If you're 80% of vehicles 60 to 80% of vehicles Are not insured on the road So if you If you if, if there's an accident Or stolen or whatever What do you have to do? You have mm. to borrow True. There are <coughs> roughly uh, 24 million credit people in South Africa yep, 25 million <coughs> 25 million 10 million of whom are in trouble. They, are, 10 million are, are, have cash flow problems, mm. but it's not to say that they need debt review. Yeah. Uh, I think only um, less than a third um, of them actually need debt review. The rest can help themselves. Is debt review, is that the last resort? Um, the last resort is always sequestration, but it's not available to the man in the street. It's too expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we don't want to, to recommend. But debt review is a, is a, is a methodology to get yourself on the feet. Um, uh, because if you actually look at where we are 10 years later, um, um, many consumers actually started with debt review and they end up with a process where when they make all payments, they come out debt free. Now there's not a mechanism in the world that actually does that. And if we compare our debt review process to the world, the international expert says, but this is fantastic. This is actually working very well. But it's in the space to say that you, when you apply for debt review, you enter a process to actually repay your debt. It's not an instant solution. The wording, uh, debt counseling, 
in my mind, presupposes that I'll go to someone and they're going to counsel me. They're not going to put me under some kind of constraint or restraint. But debt counseling, what, what really is, what is the meaning of debt counseling? What should happen? So I think debt counseling has got two facets. The first one um, is pre-debt review where you actually sit with somebody and actually say, but let's understand where you are today. Uh, let's take stock and, 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 and actually then try to provide advice to say, if you do the following, um, you can actually start to manage the process. Give you a quick example. Um, if you have a small clothing account, and that's it's agreement number 10 or whatever the case mm. may be, and you pay 100 rand extra a month, um, in three months, four months' time, you can close that account. Mm. Um, and, and then you'll have nine. And, and if we can start to, in, uh, to, to teach people that discipline of saving 100 rand or 200 rand in their cash flow, making that available elsewhere, then they can actually help themselves in, in the process. And that, uh, that is pre-debt review where you say, let's help the process. We have many consumers like that who actually help themselves, but they actually uh, ask for help, number one, and they apply the help. And then they're in trouble. They need ongoing counselings like anything. Um, you can't go away and say, I'm going to do this. They need encouragements in, in that road. And the last resort is where to say, um, I can't manage it on myself or I have received a letter of demand. That's where you actually analyze the spending of the individual. You set up a living budget for that individual and the balance is used to actually repay the debt. The big corporates, I, I, I know many of them have people that come there. Maybe one of someone from your company goes and they talk to the, the, this, the employees about how to manage their, their accounts and mm. their debt. Surely, I mean, is this not helping to avoid 10 million people f- having impaired credit records? There are many companies that actually do it. You have two classes of companies. Companies you actually say, I have a financial well-being. If you're in trouble, phone this number. Mm. And then somebody that actually is actively involved in the process. Now, the take-up of normally of the first category is less than 2-3% of people actually knock on doors. Mm. And that goes hand-in-hand hand with the consumers because um, if, you, if you analyze consumers, 53% of them think more debt is fine and that will so, uh, fix my problem. 42% actually do nothing. They just don't pay, and they, but they change their, their cell phone number so you can't be reached, and only 5% take action. So so that the recipe is not working. No. So um, yeah. the consumer is not going to take action. That's why we, I think we're starting to see a new movement where, um, just to give you an example, there are just about 1.2 million debit orders that actually are unpaid every month in this country. 1.2 million. So some of those service providers are saying, maybe I must help by consumers to get financially well. And and then they actually um, um, put the, the consumer in contact with a service provider and the um, spending is analyzed in terms of the process and they improve their financial wellness. The credit provider or the service provider gains because the payment is carrying on and um, the individual carries on or he benefits because he's getting more financially healthy. So a more proactive approach is probably what is required. Gary, no, just, yeah, to add, sure. yeah, just to add to that, and I think in most cases, especially with the, some of the credit providers, they try to induce or seduce uh, some of these over-indebted customers to actually get more debt once they actually start seeing an improvement, and which is then uh, referred to as reckless lending, where then you actually try to really drag somebody 
back into death and as a result their financial well-being is actually not being catered for and uh, we have actually started seeing some ruling insofar as uh, the national credit regulator as well as the uh, consumer tribunal uh, starting to take a really serious stance against some of these credit providers and I think it's most important that uh, people who are actually over-indebted they stick to the counselling insofar as actually being proactive on a monthly basis just so that they get to be actually uh, ushered into the whole process just like somebody who's actually addicted to alcohol for example mm. you can't just leave them uh, to be mm. uh, fendering for themselves so they constantly need support just so that at least they can become very stable and very grounded in terms of the decisions that they make and this is where then our uh, 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 guest is actually very uh, important in terms of actually assisting people yeah good point Lance. Mm. Paul if Every effort has been made by a consumer, an individual, to try and sort out his debt, and he can't. He arrives at your door, or someone like yourself, and uh, he has to go under debt review. Is that the way it is? That's unfortunately a way to do to, uh, that. It, that's that's going to happen, irrespective. But there's there's some positive points in terms of that. Is that um, if you do nothing. Um, legal action is the only opportunity for the credit providers. If you apply for debt review, you are protected. As long as you make a payment, nobody can touch you. It can actually repay the debt. So um, even if I say you're going to pay the debt over 60 months, if you if you get an um, in, uh, increase in salary, you can actually pay it faster and you benefit in terms of the process. So the consumer um, is protected and they can actually manage the process much, much better. What does the consumer want when he goes under debt review? He wants to protect his house. He wants to protect his his cars. Uh, The rest, um, he could get sued. I don't know whether the major retailers are suing. They they generally don't. So they're listing people on the credit bureaus. What is he trying to? What is he trying to? Gain yeah. uh, if um, less than well, if you look at the people under debt review, about twelve percent have a house. So debt, housing is not the top, big consideration, the big consideration yeah. although people with a house, mm. even if it's fully bonded, want to protect the house. Yeah. And sometimes a house that's fully bonded is not an asset, it's a liability. Mm. Um, but that's by the side. Mm. And, but, but, so, and secondly, they have to protect their vehicle because without the vehicle, they can't get to work. So, so they need a vehicle to, to actually travel. And, and the rest is how to actually repay. The, um, uh, some of the credit providers might not take immediate legal action, but that credit report is tainted. So you can't borrow more. So um, um, a, a lot of people say either protect my car or my house or how do I get my credit report clear? So yeah. how do I improve so that I can borrow somewhere in the Also, future? he just can't take it anymore that he gets a call every day demanding money from him, yeah. which a debt review puts an end to. Is that correct? Yeah, don't yeah. underestimate the financial stress that that individual is under because now he gets phone calls 10 times a day from mm. credit providers. He can't do his work. Mm. He gets agitated. He fights with his colleagues, and he goes home, and his wife wants money or whatever, or spouse wants money, and they, there's a fight at home. So the stress level is high, mm. and what we normally find is that people in that situation just want that stress to go away. The National Credit Act's been in, what, for 10 years or ten so? Years, yeah. And debt review has been in uh, for more ten or years. less 10 years. Yeah. So debt review, everyone kind of knows what debt review is all about, and I'm sure our very smart listeners at Cliff Central kind of have an idea. Just very basically, once you're under debt review, it stops and it prevents a creditor from from contacting you, demanding the money. 
Is that but, correct? Um, it, it stops the credit provider from taking legal action against you. Yeah. Um, they can still phone you. Um, I would say some of them, some of them do, but the, you are protected. So um, the debt council will actually then then um, do the budget for you and use that amount of money to actually repay it over a period of time, and uh, that is approved by in terms of the court order. And while you're maintaining that payment, you are protected mm-hmm. in terms of that. And I think. Um, we have we've seen many consumers ending the debt review where they've actually paid their debt, and if you ask them, the two lessons that you've learned to say first of all I didn't manage my spending, and secondly is that um, I underestimated the less of stress or the stress the reduction in stress uh, from going under the debt review. I'll never default again, and there's some lovely stories around that. Is is when 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 um, uh, one consumer repaid their debt, about three months later, she rocked up the door. She said, I just want to show you. And there was a little car standing outside. She said, there's my car. I bought new a new car. But I just want to tell you, I'm never going to be over-indebted again. That's my only debt that I have. I've learned my lesson. So the the, the success of debt review, there's, there's thousands of individuals who actually repay their debt. I think a very small percentage of them will end up in debt review again. Do people actually comply with the the court order, the debt review court order? The generally? payment rate, the yeah. two payment rate of people under debt review is about is more than eighty percent. Really, that's fantastic. more than eighty yeah. percent. So basically, creditors will get paid. They just got to hang around for for much longer than they. They get well from a credit provider point of view is that they sit still and the debt council does all the work and they get the money, so it doesn't cost them to actually collect the debt. Yes. So it's actually a very effective debt um, collecting collecting mechanism, yeah. and that's why they love it. Uh, Nine hundred million every month. So that proves the point. From um, what is the downside from the individual's point of view? He uh, can't incur any credit during that period. Is that right? The drawbacks of this. What are the drawbacks? Yeah, the drawbacks are simply is that. You, you have to actually stick to your budget, number one. And number two is that the, um, there's no more debt while you're actually repaying the debt. Those are the, the, are the drawbacks. But, but in some cases, uh, the, the more, no more debt is also a blessing because you can't be tempted because you have to actually stick to, uh, to the program to actually repay Does, the debt. Is it stated on the credit bureau under your name that yep. you are under debt review? Yes, yes yep. it is stated. If it's not there and people say, you phone them and say, I'm under debt review, they could be bulldusting you. If it's not in the, on the listing, is it, uh. Oh, there's some, some, ca- uh, um, some cases where it's it not yet through, on a, yeah. a slip through, whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, the consumer has to declare that he's under debt review. If the credit provider lends you money, it's reckless. And, yeah, yeah. and, and you can actually take action. And we have, um, in it. The problem with that is um, sometimes where the consumer goes to unregistered credit providers, mm. um, where that process continues. But I think that's also reducing. Is it a scandal? Is it a shame to be under debt review? I don't think so. Um, um, is it a is it is it is it a scandal to go to the hospital if you're sick? No. no, you go to hospital and you actually say, I have a problem. Um, if you're addicted to somebody, you go somewhere and you are cured. This is just one process to actually say, I'm going to help myself. So uh, so it's actually a plus in terms of that. Unfortunately, there are some credit providers um, mm. who actually say to their staff, you may not go under debt review. Yes. And Do that's a really? shame. Yeah. Yeah. But how, I mean, they cannot prevent them. It's unconstitutional. No, the consumer's yeah. got that right. Yeah, the consumer's got that right. And some employers, obviously, if you're under debt review and you're a financial advisor, that 
um, you might might not be able to to have that con- continue with that job, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, I think it's you should be actually be proud of yourself. I've taken the step to actually do something about my finances. So anyone listening that's really in trouble at the moment, they can knock on the door of a debt counselor. Yeah. Go under debt review and not feel ashamed. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Not at all. I think it's a, as a positive, a step, a sign of a positive attitude of a consumer to say, up to here, no further, I'm taking Well, charge. it is your business, Paul, which you're punting. Well, I don't mind, but uh, <laughs> you rightly feel that way. And I guess it's the way it is. It's not a shame. It's, it's yeah. the way it is. But yeah. you have to see it in the light to say that, that only 20 to 30% are really de- debt and debt review. Uh, there's 70% of people who don't need debt review who can achieve exactly the same to say, I've taken charge. Yeah. Um, I, I have, um, in my years, I've actually counseled a lot of people and one of them was a reporter of, uh, a well-known brand. And, um, we coached and we coached and we coached and three years later, uh, the reporter came to me and said, I have something to share with you. Mm. I've repaid my debt in 100%. Lovely. That, per- that person didn't go under debt review, but, but the person managed their debt down to, to a, a very low point. The difference between debt review and, and sequestration, sequestrasi, is that with sequestration, the debt's wiped off and what, that's it. You don't yeah. pay any more. Whereas with debt review, you keep paying until it's paid. Yeah. So yeah. there is an honor to debt review, isn't it? If you There's keep an honor to debt review, but I think the credit bar has also come to the party. Because yeah. if you actually, the repayment amount is sufficient, they will actually reduce your, your interest rate yes. to, it could go down to zero or on a bond to repo plus two. So, so, and they can actually cut the fees. So, so they're saying, as long as I get my capital back, I'm prepared to cut. Yes. Now, that in itself is also a sign from credit providers to say, I'm willing to help you. Now, on that very note, Paul, we have a number of people that have posted on Legal Talk about something that they're very, very un- unhappy about. And I'm going to read it to you. Irma Kotze, she says, please help. We've been under debt counseling since April 2014. We pay 8640 a month. When we started, the amount we owed was 420000 I now got an account yesterday that shows that we owe 312000 mm-hmm. Uh She says they never negotiated the interest and so on. What can I do at this rate? We'll never pay off the debt. <clears throat> Samantha as well, Samantha Victor, she said, I also had this 10 years ago. My debt was 44000 and I paid 1200 for 10 years, not skipping a payment. And uh, when I removed this off my name last year, I sat with 72,000 debts. And so it goes on. Gerard said the same thing. Keith Williams uh, says, under debt review, generally your amount should settle in a five-year period. The debt should not be going up. I think you need someone to have a second look at this. Mm-hmm. What's going on with this interest? How, how is this working? Okay, let's let's yeah. analyze it. Yeah. Um, you are in trouble and you have a cash flow problem. So I cannot afford the, the payment, the contractual payment. Mm-hmm. Now you go for debt review and you actually say to debt review, reduce my payment. So if you reduce the payment, um, um, let's say argument uh, you actually reduce it by 50%. It's never that much, but you, you reduce it. Um, then, then obviously the term is going to increase because unless the credit provider um, agrees to reduce the rate and it's voluntary, it's not, uh, they don't have to do it. Unless they agree to re- uh, reduce the rate, um, 
by reducing the payment, you increase the period. So the answer to all those questions is that you started with a cash flow problem. You, you had a repayment pr- uh, profile, and the payment term would have been 10 years. But you, as consumer, should start paying more. That will reduce the period. I think the, the misunderstanding here on the part of people that go under debt review is that the interest doesn't stop. The interest just keeps going. Is that right? And the creditor doesn't is not obliged to say, oh, debt review, right, I'm stopping the interest. He just runs the it. Clock still, still the runs. clock still runs. Mm. And that's what people don't know, and that's what they ought to be told. Yeah. It's a great show for that. Yeah. Lines, yeah. Yeah. No, just to add to that, and I think most uh, of the listeners, what they need to do is to be actually – Proactive in terms of actually seeking for information I know that in most cases people never Ask questions because they don't know so how can you Ask for something that you don't know mm-hmm. and most of these Debt cancellers they need to actually be Transparent insofar as what Are the consequences of actually reducing your uh, Repayment value and more Importantly are they going to be renegotiating uh, The better uh, in terms of Your um, interest rates If not Ask them why not. Thirdly, they must also investigate whether there was any form of reckless lending. If then there was form of reckless lending, you stand a good chance to actually make it a point that you reduce any form of uh, interest that is actually going to be charged against your debt. So those are just some of the things. Okay, so let's take things practically. If someone comes to a debt counselor like yourself, Paul, or you, Lines, do you, when you make arrangements with the creditor to repay, do you say to them, will you please stop the interest or is it, does it just speak for itself that they won't? There's actually, um, it's, it's much more simple is that you actually do an analysis of the spending and you determine how much money they have to repay. Mm. That you feed into a system, a machine called a DCRS machine and they will say, do you qualify for interest rate and fee reduction? If, if the amount of money that you actually pay is, is sufficient, um, uh, it will actually solve uh, it, uh, the 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 repayment at reduced rates is then accepted automatically uh, in terms of the system, mm. uh, and that you then take to a court and actually to make it happen. If you have not enough money to actually fit those rule set, then you have to negotiate on a on an ongoing basis. So, but the first step always is that you say let's qualify, and and if you say but um, you I have three thousand rand, you know it will f- it will solve at three thousand and fifty rand, then you say. Let's see if we can actually find another 50 rand to actually make this applicable to you. My question to you is if you appro- when you approach the major retailers, I'm not going to mention them by name, and you say this person is going under debt review, do they, as a matter of course, agree to reduce the interest rate or does the interest rate just continue to run as it did before? There's an industry agreement yes. signed by um, all the parties concerned, issued by the NCR as a guideline. Yes. We'd actually say first point of call is always the re- uh, uh, interest rate reduction in this order. So there's a set of rules that, that they apply to. Okay. I mean, in fairness to the man, he's honest now. He wants to repay, but the interest is going to take over this debt. This is what's happening to all these people. Yeah. In the end, he's just paying forever. Uh, and you may not even see a reduction in the in the capital. Sorry, Gary, yeah, just yeah. to chap in, I think the other thing that really creates a frustrating layer in terms of the negotiation process, you'd yeah. find that in some cases, the very same customer who comes to us yeah. would actually be running away and creating um, 
creating a mickey situation in terms of actually creating a viable uh, negotiations uh, uh, platform. And that on its own actually works to your disadvantage. If you find yourself in a position where you cannot honor your dates, rather go see a debt counselor or negotiate with your creditor to simply say, can you really renegotiate um, my terms of reference in terms of the original agreement that we, uh, we signed? And that can actually uh, work to your advantage. By the moment of changing your cell phones, running away, Things will catch up to you in today's yeah, sure uh, technology. Like. We can trace you very easily. What happens if you have a, a difficult hard uh, credit provider who is not prepared to agree to the uh, debt review repayment schedule? So you you take a matter to court and the court will approve the repayment. As, as long as it's a reasonable re- repayment plan, mm. the court uh, will approve it. How do the creditors generally deal with this? I mean, the major retailers are used to this, but the average guy, does he say, well, bugger you, I'm not getting, you know, I want my money? The average, the... The retailers and the clothing accounts and, and people like that, uh, they're the easiest, easiest to actually cooperate because they want this to uh, back. They know it works. So they are the, the, the segment of the market where as a debt counselor, I don't have problems. Here's a question that I really like, and I'd like to thank Vanessa Chungu for raising this. She's from Ekuruleni. She says, I'm asking for a friend lines, you know those. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she <laughs> says, if you have been handed over to a debt collection agency, are you permitted to contact the company that handed you over to make a payment arrangement directly with them? Because the debt collection companies charge so much interest and fees. I'm not sure if you know the answer. I do. Uh, What's your one? The answer is uh, yes, you can, but you have to make sure that the debt hasn't been sold. Mm. Because what credit providers, some credit providers do, they sell the debt to a debt collector, and then Mm. the debt collector um, collects for his own account. Mm. Um, So the answer is yes, you can. Good good answer. Great answer. So if it's been sold, you're stuck with the lawyer or the debt collector. And if it hasn't been sold, my advice is please avoid the lawyer and go straight to Absolutely. the credit. Absolutely, always. Because it's always yeah. better to actually go straight to the, to, to the credit provider. Yeah. Um, but determine if the debt has been sold or not. There, be, there were a few answers to this one. Uh, someone said, unfortunately, you can't. It's too late. You should have made payment arrangements with them before you handed them over. They got that one wrong. The credit, uh, the credit provider, unless the debt's been sold, is always yeah. someone that can be approached. Some credit yeah. providers make it difficult because you actually go to the debt collection department. They know that they're actually giving the debt to somebody else. But by law, um, you can actually pay directly into the credit provider's uh, account. Does a debt that, uh, that someone sued on, there's already a summons out, can that be included in the debt review? Or is- by agreement, yes. yes. Um, in terms of the act, um, it has to be excluded. Um, but because it's a, a good collection mechanism, many of the credit providers say, please include it. Paul, one, uh, a few more questions I want to just fire at you. Your fees, have they been increased in the last number of years? The debt, debt No, cal- the fees hasn't been increased since 2010. Mm-hmm. So there's been no fee increase. Um, Has it knocked out a lot of guys? In oh, the absolutely. Mm. Um, about half of the debt counselors lost, uh, had left the industry, and no debt counselor actually makes money, I can tell you that. True. Um, debt counselors don't make money. They do it for the love of it. Um, um, <laughs> How do you make money? Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we make money. We make, we make money from different, uh, different areas. But as, um, if, uh, if you actually say to Lionel here, um, open a debt review store and actually do debt review, are you going to make it financially? The answer is no. So, so the, but, and, and the fees are, are, 
are not expensive. Is it um, is it a secret what the fees no, are? No, it's no, not a secret. Not. What do people pay for the for So yeah. the first fee is a negotiation fee or an upfront fee, yeah. which is normally um a hundred percent of the first payment up to a maximum of six thousand rand. Yes. That's in terms that, of the law. That's the no, that's, that's the NCR's fees okay. uh, guidelines. Yeah. But the average fee in South Africa is about three thousand rent. Yeah. So forget the six thousand. The average fee is about three. So 3, do you, when you walk into a debt counselor, do you need three thousand in your no, pocket? No, no yeah. nothing at all. How much do you need to pay? Put down or nothing? Uh, nothing. Not a cent. So where does he get his first payment from? He, he actually, um, the first payment goes to the debt counselor and not to the credit provider. Oh, so see. that's the first payment. And then okay. there's a monthly fee thereafter, yeah. and uh, which could, could go up to 400 rand, but the average is about 120, 130 rand mm-hmm. that you pay on a monthly basis. And then there's a legal fee to pay the lawyers to actually take the matter to court. But that comes out of the cash flow of the debt review. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't come out of, out of uh, the pocket of the consumer. And in, in a way, if the credit providers reduces interest rate, they pay for it. Yeah. I don't want to tread on dangerous turf, but I know the law, they, there's talk of the law being changed, and I know you've got strong views on this. You want to give us an idea of how they want to change the law, or, or you want to keep I, that for another show? Or? I can give you a short answer yeah. to say that I think there's a need to actually look at the low-income earners, and they classify them as people earning less than 7,500 rand. Mm. So how, what can we do to help them to actually repay their debt. Uh, in many cases, um, they're over-indebted and that is not going to go away. Mm. So there's a what is proposed, a debt intervention plan, and um, they want to, to force people um, to actually uh, – uh, uh, the, the people can – the consumers can apply, and then they go through a process to repay, and after three years, uh, if they can't repay, it's written off. Yeah. Um, that, that's the proposal. Um, I think – I think the, uh, it's a very complicated process that has been proposed at the moment. Um, there's a, another session due in Parliament at the end of this month, and I think we'll see something much more practical come out of that. In principle, we support it, but I think make it simple. Mm. Um, it's too complicated. Yeah. Just to actually go back to the fee uh, structure, uh, like when you do an application, fee, uh, there's going to be an application fee for, for example, when you actually uh, sit down with a, a debt counselor. That's about fifty rand. And then if then they do an analysis in terms of whether you are over indebted or not, and if they find that you are not over indebted, there will be a, a rejection fee of three hundred rand. And this has been when they can uh, actually start helping you in terms of restructuring your finances and actually planning uh, a financial uh, monthly obligation basis line for you so those are just some of the fee uh, but the amount of work that debt counselors do it's too much uh, compared to the amount of money that people pay especially like the 50 rand and the 300 rand you still need to make calls to all those creditors you still need to go and make it a point that you consult with a lawyer or in some cases a debt counselor can actually go and stand in the magistrate court and the time that you take from the office and going to the match court it's a lot that's mm-hmm. very much a lot of money. Just, just yeah, to emphasize yeah. that yeah. a little bit, debt review consists of about um, 202 steps, mm-hmm. and it consumes on average 57 hours over a period of debt review. Mm-hmm. As a lawyer, um, you'll understand that 57 mm-hmm. hours cost you a lot of money, um, and and um, you, there's no shortcuts. You have to actually manage the short uh, manage the process step by step. Paul, it's been a very interesting discussion. We've kept it on a high level. Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we bid you farewell that uh, I may not have covered? Yeah. 
I think the important thing, and we started the show with that, is to actually say there's hope for the consumer, um, this consumer that has a cash flow problem today, to understand where they are, understanding how they can they can actually manage the process, and we encourage them to actually analyze that and say, um, where do I stand? Can I release some cash flow to actually make some debt repayments? If the answer, 70, 80% of them should be able to do it. If they can't, ask for help. Excellent. If people want to do this over the phone, can it be done or do they have to come into the office? No, it's, uh, 90% of it is done by phone or via the internet. How long does the process take? People don't want to take time off work. They want to just the try. Initial, the initial um, um uh, the initial analysis, if there's technology behind it, takes about five to seven minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. So people, and, and then who stops the creditors from? No, from that's the initial process to just yeah. say, do you have a problem? Okay. Um, the the application process takes a little bit longer okay. um, in terms of filling in the forms and things like that. In the meantime, if they're badgered by credit providers, do they say I'm going under debt review or how do they handle it? The only, only time that a credit provider will stop if they receive notification that the client has applied for debt review. Mm-hmm. That's the a colleaguely correct so is that at the point when when the consumer has uh, applied for debt review. And, and debt review, uh, we've actually said, is, is actually a blessing it's not a, a jail sentence. Absolutely. I think so. Uh, Paul uh, Slot of Octogen, you're one of the big boys in this business. Yeah, what got you involved in this quickly? We, uh, we actually uh, were involved in assisting consumers prior to the to the um, National Credit Act, and it didn't work. What's your, what's your background? Um, I was a banker for 25 oh. years, okay. so we understand money, and we wanted to give something back and, and, and started to do that. And then came along the, the National Credit Act, and it was chaotic in the beginning, um, um, and we helped to actually set some of the rules to actually make it a, a great industry. Good. Many thanks, and uh, Paul, we'll talk to you again. Thanks for this. To our listeners, I think you've learned a lot today and uh, it's been very interesting. Good. Thanks for listening. It's a pleasure. Cheers. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.